Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Thank you very much for, for coming on. I was actually particularly looking forward to speaking to you because, you know, the topic and the subject you talk about, you know, giving is one of, uh, you know, my, my top two Gs are, are actually giving and gratitude. So you talk about giving a lot, which is uh, quite fascinating for me. So um, I guess uh, uh, to, to sort of uh, begin with, because you've got, you know, quite a bit of, uh, to share, you know, with our listeners. And it's, uh, you know, first of all, again, thank you very much for, you know, coming on to actually speak to us. You know, we are about capturing inspirational stories as well as, uh, you know, things that can inspire our givers in terms of uh, our listeners in terms of giving as well so it's an absolute pleasure to host you so uh if we could um i i, I guess the best way to to start is just to pick up from your personal story you know and your history and uh you know what brought you to care so much about charitable giving in particular so if you take us through that i think that would be a great start to sort of capture your personal story and how it led you to this journey oh alex thank you for having me on and i had so much fun listening to your podcast because and and i was just so struck with for example your conversation about thinking from a place of abundance as somebody who has wealth and that if you give, then you also um, will still get a lot yeah. out of it, right? Absolutely. And um, yeah, so let me talk about my personal story first, but then let's talk about that. I mean, I, yeah. I just thank you for having me. It's really an honor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely pleasure to have on. So yeah. Well, great. So 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 just where where I come from, my personal story is that. I come from a family that has instilled in me from the very beginning mm -hmm. that um, I personally am someone who is lucky. I'm so lucky in terms of I've grown up in a loving family that's had means. Um, and what my family has told me from the beginning is you come from this place, Sybil, where um, you your responsibility is to give back. And so it really has been a part of my life, my whole life. And I really want to credit my family and my parents for instilling that. And I come from a family of professors and teachers. Um, and every time when I was a kid, I'd bring up an idea. My dad especially would say to me, okay, Sybil, how are you going to make this happen? <laughs> All right, let's do it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> And so he was always that kind of person. When you were talking on your podcast about thinking about a place of abundance, yeah. That's what I was brought up in. Mm -hmm. And so I want to contrast that too with the fact that, okay, so I told you a little bit that my parents are professors, which indicates that they're a little bit smart, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and right, exactly. But I was a kid that had a learning disability. And I actually, you know, I'm, I'm older. So I came, I came to this realization with a, having a learning disability sort of later in life. When I was a kid, I didn't know it. Yeah. So I struggled in school when I was a teenager. 
Um, and my grades weren't the best. And I came from a family where my parents were like, what is it? Kuma Kuma Sum Laude in high school. They went yeah. to Harvard. They are professors at Yale. So, um, and at that time they were professors at Columbia. And so it was quite a struggle for me in the beginning when I was a kid, because, and, and again, when I was a kid in the eighties, at least my personal observation is that they, that psychologists and others weren't as sophisticated as they are now in identifying those kind of issues and in offering solutions to kids to be able to embrace their difference. Mm -hmm. Instead, I felt so bad about it. And I, um, but again, I didn't know why I didn't even know that I had a learning disability up until my late twenties when I got tested. Um, now we sort of knew, and I went through some like rudimentary tests when I was a teenager and they said, Oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, but there, what, what's going on? I'm just not no. able to, you know, and then when those standardized tests came out, my friends were all doing well. And I was like really, really lowly ranked. And anyway, but, but, you know, in the end, what, what that taught me is that over time, um, for, so I let it get to me when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, but then I started getting these amazing teachers in my schools who, despite, you know, the general lack of knowledge in our society about what that meant and all those pieces, and then contrasting that with my very smart professor parents and everything and trying to figure out my own journey. Yeah. Um, I did have, and my parents, of course, were loving and caring. It wasn't yeah. anything to do with them. It was all me. Like I just felt lesser then. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, then I was in these wonderful institutions with teachers who embraced my differences and said, yeah. Sybil, let's figure out how you can still do well despite this. And what I learned were some really great tools to be able to get me through. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I started doing well in school, not because I think differently or my brain was able to like grasp math, for example, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But rather I was able to figure out tools and tricks that worked specifically for me, um, which meant I had to study harder than most people. I had to be very careful with my deadlines. And the most important thing, Alex, is mm -hmm. to think with positive visualization about mm -hmm. where I wanted to go. Wow. and think from a place of abundance. Yeah. And I started excelling there. And those tools I learned from that learning disability now in the work world have served me so well. Mm -hmm. wow. And so that's just, I mean, a little snippet of my personal journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, now fast forward to today, mm -hmm. um, I've sort of combined like my desire to do good in the world that was instilled in me from a young kid Mm -hmm. And I've honed in on what my strengths are in the world. So there's things I do really not that well. And then there's things that I've owned to myself that I do well. Yeah. And so the kind of things I love and that I do well are things like talking to you. I love having conversations <laughs> with amazing people. Oh, cool. um, I love giving back to the world. I love helping people. Mm -hmm. I, um, I've started my own business called do your good. Yeah. And it's all about giving back to the world. And I work with specifically folks who have wealth um, who want to give donations to charities so yeah. that they also, they have the same ethic I do, right? They want to do well in the world. They've been lucky in the world th through hard work, but also a lot of luck, no matter what, it's a little bit of luck and a little bit of hard work and they want to give back and support people.
Um, just the way I've had, I had teachers and other people support me, right. Um, and help me get to the place I am today. So that's what do your good is. I've helped donors, um, give away donations over $45 million worth of donations, both large and small to grassroots groups. I help donors think through strategies to be effective in these things. Mm -hmm. And, um, in do your good, that arm of my business, I create weekly free podcasts and I'm creating courses right now to really help folks think through strategies to give, because I've done it for over a decade. And so I've seen trends and ways people give that work really well. And ways people give that don't that end up costing both the nonprofits and them more time and money than Mm -hmm. it should. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so let's talk at any, any avenue you want to go down, yeah, any yeah, road you want to go down there, Alex, I'm happy to keep talking. <laughs> and and it's, isn't that interesting, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, um, like, like you, how you, you talk about it, your story, because when you reach certain levels of consciousness, it's like, what is everything? Because we all have abilities, like you say, that some people may not have like academic uh, abilities to, to be like professors or something, but <clears throat> they have superpowers of their own in any particular avenue that they can excel in. And that's uh, for me, the beauty of the world, you know, that's exactly. where the, the yeah. abundance comes in because there's absolutely everything. You can have abundance in a particular set of skill or be it communication and talking to people, making people happy or, you know, building worth or, you know, passing on knowledge and all those kind of things. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Alex, it's possible mm-hmm. to have strength and, and, and care and love for yourself mm-hmm. um, and not be a jerk about it. Right. So like, I don't consider myself as someone who has a big ego at all. Like I don't want to, I really don't. I don't want to be someone like, Oh, look how great I am. That kind of thing. (laughs) But I have this self inner power in me that I have. That's really concrete that I didn't have when I was younger, but I had to work at it. And the way, the reason I had that is I found a passion, something I love to do. And then I discovered that I love being an entrepreneur. Like I love having this Mm -hmm. business and being in control of all the pieces. Now, of course, there's scary sides to having your own business, (laughs) but, but it's really, really interesting because it's all about, you know, I created this from scratch, right? Helping donors give money away effectively, helping Mm -hmm. nonprofits make the right kind of pitches to the right kind of donors so that they can have the money they need to Mm. succeed. Right. So it's like so fun, but it was a long journey to get here. (laughs) Wow, uh, that that's absolutely amazing. I mean, um, I was, uh, uh, I, I think I had a, a podcast that talk about how all of us, we have all these uh, amazing abilities in us. It's all yeah. in us. But any particular area that you want to sort of highlight or, or, or become great at, you can learn and actually, uh, you know, you know, develop yourself in that particular area, but everything actually can be within us. Like you say, you know, entrepreneurship, starting a business, you know, you can actually develop that by learning and mentorships. And there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, shares that people who are good at various things, they, they will put up whether it's courses or mentorships and all those kind of things. So it's just absolutely amazing. What fascinates me for you, Sibyl, is that, you picked an area that you're passionate about and it's important. It's one of your values. And actually 
admit that to the world and provide yeah, that. Yeah, Alex, I love that you're <laughs> I love you're saying that because that's actually another piece of this. So for over a decade, I've worked one-on-one with clients and I still do. I, I mean, I love my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very much one-on-one personal experiences with well, or with a whole foundation, like all the trustees in a particular foundation, helping them figure out giving strategies, really honing in on what they care about, right? And I still do that. But the reason that I'm also putting myself out here and, you know, asking to, I asked if I could be an interviewee on your podcast and, um, and I'm creating all these courses and I'm learning how to do social media. And this is actually a, a really interesting place but it's also totally new for me, right? Because I usually am offering my advice to one-on-one individual private conversation Mm -hmm. and I'm stepping out here on this and it's super scary at the same time, right? Because, you know, I had to learn how to do all these new things and to do that, I have to rely on people who know what they're doing and ask lots of questions and bang around and make, oh my gosh, I've made so many mistakes just trying to get here. But now I finally feel like I'm hitting a roll on this and I'm about to um, publish some courses, online courses to support people, both some free resources and paid so that I can actually keep my business going. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'll, I'm launching those this fall. So it's really fun. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's absolutely amazing. And where that, that's where growth comes from, isn't it? You know, you step out yeah. of the comfort zone into a world whereby you can learn and totally. develop and grow. And you're absolutely doing amazing. And uh, one of the key important things as well, you know, as we progress into various areas of our, our breakthrough and success is, is you know, what, what I call like leverage, you know, so that you can leverage the experience and what other people are doing. So in your totally. journey so far, you know, obviously you're helping people or businesses or people who have worth to sort of, uh, uh, you know, give back in a, in a very responsible way. What sort of uh, mistakes or things that you've learned that actually other people, people that you're helping can actually leverage from so that they actually avoid doing those mistakes? Yes. Yes. Let me share. So we talked a little bit about my history and I wanted to give you some of my vulnerable, vulnerable pieces where, you know, I learned I had that learning disability. I don't actually tell people that very often. I've actually started opening up about that more Mm -hmm. because most people don't even know now because I'm so (laughs) anal and like, perfectionist in that way. So, so that, but I really feel like that has taught me to now teach folks about some of these key things that I've learned. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about, um, you know, let's how, why I want to do talk about these pieces and why I created the courses is so that folks don't leave money on the table and make mistakes. So the first thing that I talk about a lot is I feel it's really important if you have a business and you want to give money away through your business, or if you are a personal, have personal wealth and you want to give personally, the first thing you really need to do is think very carefully about what you care about passionately or what your business is focused on. Mm -hmm. And think about giving strategies to nonprofits that are working in that space so it's important to give, number one, is it's important to give in areas you think are important, not what you think other people think you should fund. Yeah. And I say that everyone might say, oh, Sybil, that's so obvious. You know, of course we wouldn't do that. But I can tell you that so many of my clients, they come to me and the first thing they say is, oh, there's some big issue I've been reading about in the newspaper. So I should get engaged in that. And then three years later, 
they'll say, Sybil, I don't want to fund that anymore. And because they haven't, they didn't really do the hard work in the beginning to think through those pieces. That was when I was first starting out as a donor advisor. Now I work really closely with donors to make sure that they do think through those things beforehand. Yeah. But it's a serious mistake because what happens then is that you might start giving in an area for three years, no matter what area you're giving in, it takes more than three years to accomplish an yeah. outcome there. And so if you all of a sudden lose interest and pull your money out, um, then that actually causes more damage than help because nonprofits start depending on those donations. There's key things you might be working on to catalyze and move forward there. Mm -hmm. And it could be very abrupt. Now I do have strategies if you do wanna change course to be able to do that in a less dramatic way. But that's number one is try to avoid that by first yeah. doing the hard work up front to figure out what you care about. Mm -hmm. That's number one. The second key thing that I teach about <clears throat> is once you figured out what you want to fund, identify the kind of approach you want to make in your funding strategy. In my years working with funders, I've seen that there are three distinctive types of funders, mm -hmm. a sustainer type of funder a campaigner type of funder mm -hmm. and a launcher type of funder. Yeah. A sustainer funder loves the particular nonprofits they're funding, just loves them. Yeah. They're maybe on the board. They love to go to the annual meetings. They love to do the outings. That kind of donor, if that's you, you're, if you're listening to me and you're saying, oh my gosh, I've got like five different nonprofits I absolutely love. Oh, mm -hmm. And I've been giving to them year after year, or I'm a monthly sustainer. And you don't tend to like micromanage that nonprofit. You, you tend to really just like them. Yeah. So you're a sustainer funder then, and you can own that. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're a sustainer funder, that means that you really shouldn't meddle in the organization's day-to-day -day work. You're not going to be like, hmm, I really, let me call up the executive director and say, you really need to do X, Y, Z about this, this, and this. No, no. If you're a sustainer funder, own that and be like, I love the group. Mm -hmm. If you're a campaigner funder, however, you care more about an issue than you do about any one particular nonprofit. Yeah. And I give you permission to be okay with that, right? So sometimes I think the problem happens when a donor feels like, oh, no, no, we should just love the nonprofit, but, mm. but, but I really care about the issue. And then you start, that's when it gets a problem, right? But if you care about an issue more than any one nonprofit, so let's say you care about houselessness mm. or you care about education reform yeah. or you care about climate change, you name the issue, you care about that. Yeah. Then you'll fund nonprofits maybe year after year, but because you think that they're working towards making change in that particular issue and why that matters and why that's important and why it means you have a different kind of funding strategy hmm. is it means that you should be really open with the nonprofit that you're only funding them. And you don't want to do it rudely, but you say, I'm funding you because I care about houselessness. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's important is then you might be funding and then the nonprofit will be able to tell you, oh, you care about houselessness. What issue in houselessness do you really care about? Yeah. Do you want to help people get back to work? Do you want to help people <clears throat> who are in tent encampments get, um, get the help they need to have a roof over their head? What aspects of it do you care about? And then the nonprofit will then be able to pitch you a particular project. Yeah. And then you can fund that project. And then if the nonprofit stops working on that project, they'll know that they're not going to get funding from you anymore because they know that's the thing you care about. Yeah. You might be then, then you'll be able to focus on that project with a 
different nonprofit that may pop up and say they're working on it. Because a lot of times with particular issues, a nonprofit will work on it, but then they might change their, their the executive director might change, mm. their strategic planning might change. You never know. Yeah. So this is something that makes it means that you don't leave money on the table. You stay passionate about the issue if you're a campaigner funder. Mm. Then let's go to the third kind of funder, which is a launcher funder. Mm-hmm. Launcher funders, what they love to do is similar to a campaigner funder. They love an issue or they care about an issue and they want to make change in an issue. But what they really want to do in that is find a gap, find something that no one's working on yet, but that all of the nonprofits say need to be filled in order to really move an issue forward. Okay. Yeah. And if you're a nonprofit executive director or someone, you know, to talk to that donor and the donor knows then to tell the nonprofit, where are the gaps? What's going on that, you know, you feel need to be filled. Mm-hmm. And this is very much um, something that I want to hope and hone in on. If you're a launcher funder, you have to say that out loud yeah. because sometimes nonprofits don't have that abundance mindset that you talk about a lot of times, Alex, in your piece. Mm-hmm. And if the donor's not either thinking about it in an abundance mindset, you'll miss that. But if you really care about launching new things and you don't, and you say it out loud, then all of a sudden the nonprofit will say, oh my gosh, in order to get my work done, X, Y, Z needs to happen. We need to have a collaboration with like five other different nonprofits. And then you as a launcher funder will get excited and want to put money up front and maybe partner with other funders too, which is super fun to Mm -hmm. figure out how to really help these nonprofits get to the next thing. Mm. So there's a lot of other pieces. And I also teach about how do you fund effectively collaborations? Because when, if you're a launcher or campaigner funder, a lot of times there's nonprofits that are collaborating together, but sometimes um, if you do it wrong, you can end up causing more strife between nonprofits because they think they have to compete Mm. rather than making sure you approach it with that abundance mindset and say, if you collaborate, I can work with other funders and maybe even get more funding for that either gap you want to be filled or the issue you want to change. Mm -hmm. So um, I should stop there because like I said, there's other pieces of and elements of what I teach, but those are the top two. Find your passion, take that time up front, and then think about whether you want to present yourself to the world as a donor, as a sustainer, campaigner, or launcher funder. It'll make your dollar go further, and it'll really help the nonprofits to know how they can talk to you about the work. Mm. Wow, that's absolutely amazing, Sibyl. And uh, <laughs> Thanks, if Alex. I do, uh, put it uh, in, in, in such a, uh, a, a structured way, you articulate it so well. It actually make, makes sense you know, to me because in normal situations, when it comes to charitable giving, a lot of us, we just... It's so it can be just random, you know. You hear a mm-hmm. campaign, maybe something is happening in uh, Afghanistan, or there's been a natural disaster, and all these charities come up with campaigns. We need to do this, and that's what we all think about. Oh, you know, because there's some emotional connection to the cause, and we just give the money away. But when we actually think about it in the way that you've articulated across those three areas, then it begins to make sense because. To, to you as a person who is giving away, you now have your particular cause, your particular passion that you are actually giving away rather than following 
a campaign or something. Of course, you can give to those. Yeah, Alex, I love that you're talking about that with the natural disaster piece. It made me think about that. Let me use an example to sort of illustrate this more. So let's say you're a funder that has a long history with the Red Cross Mm -hmm. and you really love what they do and they do amazing work around the world. And so you care about them and their priorities and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you're a sustainer funder, then you give to the Red Cross every year and you say, I care about your mission and what you're doing. And there may be a few other nonprofits like the Red Cross Mm -hmm. that you give to, too. And you're happy and you go along with your daily life and you're happy. That's what you do. However, let's say um, you have a particular connection with Haiti and you you really, really care about the community and the communities in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have been some natural, really intense natural disasters there. But if you care about Haiti specifically and supporting communities in Haiti, then you're going you're more of a what I call a campaigner funder or a launcher funder, mm-hmm. where then what you're going to want to do is really dig into the charities in Haiti think about strategies to support projects in Haiti. And then the Red Cross, you'll support the Red Cross in as much as they're helping communities in Haiti, but you won't necessarily give the Red Cross general support money because it's not the focus of your attentions. And when I say it out loud again, I think feel like some of the stuff I say sounds really obvious, but the thing Mm -hmm. is, is if we don't think about it, deliberately, then it can get lost as you start giving in the world, you can start getting really a lot of proposals and it can get really confusing Mm -hmm. and messy really fast. If you don't stay true to some of those pieces as a donor. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Now, if we go to the very top of uh, just thinking about giving to worthy causes and charities, um, in the end, obviously we talk about, you know, things that people are passionate about, but they are giving some money away or something away. Isn't there an element of mindset as well? What what should people think about from a mindset point of view? Why they should they should give their money away? Because they can they might as well just spend it on uh, you know nice holidays or you know go Good on and all those kind of things. Why yeah. should they give their money away? <laughs> oh, well, okay. So, I mean, there's, there's the, there's the heart part of it. And then there's the logic part. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I want to speak to both of those. Mm-hmm. So the heart part is to g- giving money away. It, it is a, it is a good thing in the world to do. It's ethical. Um, there's a lot of wealth disparity in the world mm-hmm. and there are people, good people who are trying to do good things. Yeah. And that's just the, the, to be idealistic and good. It's just, it should, it feels good to give it away. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to give it all away. It doesn't mean you have to give up a lot to do it, but it is important to be able to give through your heart. And to me, that really gives back to just a fulfillment in your life. But then let's talk about the logical pieces that I think sing true as well. So not only should it feel good to you, but even if it's something that's like, oh my gosh, I feel really stressed about it and it doesn't feel good because I feel guilty, you know, or some other, other valid reason, right? Yeah. Let's go to the logical. So logic number, logical pieces, there's like so many of them, but let's, let's list a few of them. Mm -hmm. The first one is if you give, and you have a family or you have 
people who you mentor who are in the next generation, the younger generation, and they see you do that. If you give both financially to important charities, but also volunteer your time and do other ways of giving in the world, then the next generation, uh, your kids or any other kids that you might mentor, if you teach them or you're a big brother, big sister to them or anything, they will see that. And just like I saw that in my family, and I can't tell you how many folks I interview who give back now and say, this was a culture in my family of giving. Mm -hmm. And it's just the way we did things. So that's a really wonderful thing is you're instilling a legacy of giving back to the world. The next sort of more logistical thing that's really good, that's like tangible that you can give, why you can give back is sometimes when you're giving funds to nonprofits and charities, you are leveraging the dollars you give. Mm -hmm. So sometimes um, every dollar you give, if you do it the right way, can leverage many, many dollars from other private philanthropic institutions to get a job done that you think is really important in the world. So you genuinely care about something and you want to see a difference. Mm -hmm. And so your dollar, instead of, if you didn't give it away, then nothing might happen in that area. But if you did give it away, you might be able to move an issue forward where other funders start funding it. Government institutions start seeing that it's an important thing and put more money into it. So you literally can up your dollar. And if you're giving through your business, that charitable giving can actually maybe help move something forward that you think is really important in your business. Hmm. So it actually could come full circle beyond just the ethical, important, good things to do about giving to help your business or help move something forward that you personally think is critical to help with your kids or other things in your personal life. Right. Hmm. So, um, and I've seen that happen. I mean, that really does. If you give your money away well, and with, with intelligence in terms of like how you do it, Hmm. um, you really will leverage your dollars. So to, to circle that right back. Hmm. So those are a few of the logical things. So be above and beyond, it just could feel good and great. Give away money. Um, You can really, instill giving in the next generation of people. And how do we want our society to be, right? We want our society to be a society of giving, a society of supporting, bringing folks up in the world. But also you can leverage dollars and you can move real issues forward in a way that you feel need to move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's practical, right? Yeah. Yeah, And if you didn't give your money away, it wouldn't happen. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, actually, you know, thinking of it in in another way as well, you know, when you when you give, you're creating that space for you to actually receive more as well, isn't it? You know, exactly. so, so uh, I think it was it Jim Ron who says that giving is the best because it paves the way for actually you to receive. And uh, there, yeah. there, there yeah. is a, 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 a sort of a mindset aspect to it. Like, like, like I say, if you understand it in that terms, it's, it's like if you have a, a full cup, that's like full yeah until and unless you empty you actually empty it you know you can't get any more into it you know yeah so yep. i guess that that's yeah i want to share i want to share a personal experience like that where i mm-hmm. was before i helped donors give money away mm-hmm. i was a nonprofit professional right so i raised money and actually i became a funder because one of the donors who funded the work i did as a nonprofit 
professional Mm -hmm. asked me to run his foundation. So that's how I changed over to becoming a donor. But I had over 10 years of being a person who was raising money. And in that experience, one of the things I want to share with you about the giving back piece is a company called Patagonia. What they did when I was a nonprofit person is they gave special discounts to nonprofit folks Mm -hmm. who were grantees of theirs so that the employees could get their gear because they're an outdoor gear company um, way, way inexpensively. Um, and I could, I was really working for pennies at that point. So I couldn't have afforded to get new gear, but I love to be outside and to hike and be out in the woods, but I didn't really have the gear to keep me in that place at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, just the extra piece. And so instead, what I was able to do is they gave me these, they pretty much gave us these great outdoor jackets and other things so that I could actually be able to get out the outdoors in a comfortable way. And I have such great fond memories of them um, that that carries with me to today. And they have an an ethic of outdoors uh, adventure and they support some of the environmental work that a lot of my colleagues are doing. And I actually partner with their foundation now uh, Mm -hmm. working with other clients. But it it all comes back to when I was like in my early 20s and I was pinching pennies. Um, And again, I'm still come from a place I don't want to act like I was so in the dirt of punching pennies because I respect that I come from a place of wonderful privilege mm-hmm. and support from my family. But yeah. at the same time I was feeling it right. And the Patagonia came through and they really helped there. Mm-hmm. And then I partner with them now. Yeah. And so that's an example of a business that has really connected their mm-hmm. interests and it has come back tenfold to them. I would, yeah. I would suggest. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that, Sibyl. Now, uh, in terms of uh, you and your business, like on a sort of like step-by-step way that you help. So, for example, you know, listeners, uh, you know, to this podcast, they've got businesses and they've decided whatever, whether it's a cause or, or a launch or, or something that they, they want to give to you. How specifically on a step-by-step way do you actually help them to actually do that ethical yes yes so so the one-on-one clients i have Mm -hmm. i um i do a few things and then this these uh the do your good piece i'll tell you about that too so one-on-one clients what i do is i will work with them it depends on where they are in their strategy. So some clients I have have already gone through the hard work of figuring it out, figuring out what it is they want to fund. Yeah. So if they do that, then they come to me and they say, I know what I want to fund, but I want to do it effectively. And so I create a strategy for them for how to fund effectively. I Mm -hmm. do interviews and research and figure out which nonprofits to connect them with and make sure that we have a good strategy that is the timely and moves forward. Yeah. And I'll do that. And then I also uh, do once if they figured that out, sometimes they'll then hire me to then essentially implement. So then I implement soup to nuts. I will I manage a back end work of like processing the grants and all that kind of stuff. And I help them with their trustee meetings or one on one donor conversations, Mm -hmm. give them updates on how things are going. Make sure that I am very in close. I'm very close contact with the nonprofits. Right. So I know what's going on, have a good trusting relationship there. This is this. I do that when trustees or donors don't have time because yeah. a lot of trustees and donors or businesses, they're busy running their business yeah. or they're busy 
with their daily life. And so this is my life is talking to nonprofits and figuring out those things. And so then I do have clients that are long, long term where I essentially manage their work for them, um, but then recommend to them. We have meetings. It's never me that, that I'm never in control at the end of, of any of the funding. It's the family or the donor. And mm-hmm. so I'll always put forward the pieces. So that's what I do with one-on-one clients with do your good. I'm trying to outsource this so that more people can gain wisdom and decide if they want it. They can do stuff on their own too, right? So with my Do Your Good, I'm creating these special mini courses to help people. And then my mini courses in Do Your Good that are going to, it's going to launch in just a few weeks. Um, I'm not sure when you're going to publish this podcast episode, but what I'm talking about is probably in end of October, early November, 2021. Uh, But I've got everything recorded. We're just literally putting it up on our website, making sure all the last things work. And these mini courses focus on things like um, the sustainer campaigner launcher strategy. How do you figure out how to do that? They focus on collaborations. If you're going to fund collaborations, how to do that well. Mm-hmm. They focus on budgets, how to read budgets well. They, they, there are a whole bunch of things I focus yeah. on. I also have a whole section in my mini course and you can pick one of them. You don't have to pick them all because I figure, you. oh, I want to learn a little more about budgets. Let me do this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a really interesting one. I love doing this one, which is called how to make sure you're not in a funder bubble mm-hmm. to make sure that you give with humility, because a lot of challenges people have as donors is nonprofits pitch you what they think you want to hear. And then what happens is you stop making good decisions over time because you don't actually hear about the nitty gritty or the failures or other things. So how do you set yourself up as a funder so you can hear the real scoop on stuff? So those are the kind of mini courses that I'm putting forward. And I also am creating in parallel, a set of courses for nonprofits, mini courses too. So it, that's um, the whole shebang. <laughs> wow, that's absolutely amazing. And, and for me, um, you know, hearing that, I can, I can actually see the gap yeah. there that you're actually providing value in. Because Thank you, like Alex. we say, uh, a lot of big organizations, they, they will have these grand ideas, but to actually figure out that their funding is going to be used effectively to actually spend that time to do the research, to find out, you know, which is the right organization, what is it that they do and all of that. Are they in line with their cause? Uh, people, like you say, executives are working hard. They are focusing on the business and all of that. They don't have that uh, specific time to dedicate. And that's where you come in to actually fill that gap. And, and that's- Exactly. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> definitely. And that's, um. yeah. And I'm also doing these weekly podcasts as well, where I'm interviewing donors and other folks to, yeah. to talk through some of these issues. And that of course is on all the streaming sites and all that kind of thing too. <laughs> wow. Brilliant. I mean, uh, I, I don't know whether you're aware, but uh, here in the, in the UK, uh, this is, uh, you know, October, September, 2021, there's been these big campaigns by uh, uh, is it organizations passionate about insulating homes and they've been going and- Oh, great, and pro- I didn't know pro- that. And they've been protesting on the one of the biggest highways in, in the UK. Interesting, I didn't know any, I didn't know they're, this. Yeah, they are putting up these banners because this is a cause, uh-huh. a passion that is, they are mm-hmm. very passionate about. But the way there's, there's a lot of debate about the way they are going about it. But 
that that's well, the, can I tell you, Alex, that's an example. So I don't know about that particular issue, yeah. but that's exactly the kind of thing a donor will come to me and say, they say, Sybil, mm -hmm. there's something I'm noticing. Here's how I would do it. And then while you're talking, my brain is automatically going, okay, well, which nonprofits are doing this? Yeah. Oh, there's some debate about how it's happening. So how can, as a funder, we facilitate a conversation to help navigate that debate so that it works good, well for as many folks as possible. Those are the kind of things as a funder, you can really you can do it well where you can come in and really help um, facilitate those kind of conversations. You can also do it really badly if you're not doing it in a way that um, that that moves with the way people yeah. are talking about work. But you really can do it well. It's it, mm -hmm. But that's the kind of thing where it's it can be tricky if you don't yeah. know how to do it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Because it does have an impact on the image and the brand of the company yes. as well, isn't it? If you don't do the right things or you associate your brand yes. with people with not the right causes or charities who can actually write. Yes. How do you navigate your brand with that is so yeah. key. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, and uh, uh, in terms of uh, how uh, people can actually find you and yeah yeah them. yeah it should be hopefully it's really easy at this point <laughs> but you type in www.doyourgood.com so it's do your good yeah. or you just type in my name yeah and uh, you'll be able to see my website but i also am, i'm on instagram and facebook with the handle a little at sign um, mm -hmm. my kids always laugh at me because i i'm not really it's the yeah. little at sign. I think it's called the handle. And the at sign, do your good, all one word, is yeah. Instagram and um, yeah. Facebook. And then LinkedIn is under my name, Sybil yeah. Ackerman Munson. So that's yeah. where you can find me. And I'd love to chat. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, from your experience at the moment, because sometimes things tend to move with the the current environment, the seasons and all kinds of things. What, what are the, the biggest causes or charities of things happening out there at the moment from your experience? What are the, the big global charity or causes or things in the world at the moment? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, well, there are quite... <laughs> I, I want to answer climate, this. Climate change is always change. a big one, isn't it? Always. Yes. Climate yeah. change is, is very big. And then the fact that we have COVID and, yeah. um, and how people are responding. So mm -hmm. first climate change, of course, but there's two elements of climate change, which is how does the world actually reduce greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah. But then how do communities respond to climate change that's happening on the ground now? Mm. Um, because that, that we are seeing the effects right now. Yeah. And how do we do it in a way that's equitable? How do we do it in a way that's that, that really takes into account rural and urban communities? Uh, these are the really key issues that that are that funders are grappling with. So not only reducing greenhouse gas emissions, but the impacts right now on the ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other thing is COVID. So how uh, how are we responding? And one thing that I think a lot of funders are thinking about is the fact that the markets are still booming. Uh, even yeah. though there was a little dip, there is still booming. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's in such contrast to the people that are really hurting in the world. And so there really is an opportunity here with folks of wealth to be able to support mm -hmm. people who may not have have the opportunities that that we have when when we have that kind of wealth through this weird market, which is mm -hmm. where it's booming and not. So that's the COVID piece. And then that's all linked, of course, up into with houselessness and uh, the question of, uh, evictions and the timing there, right? 
and then also education and education reform. Um, and, and how does that work here? Those all link up as well into living wage jobs. Mm. And as, as we are thinking about all of this and wealth inequality and everything else, and how do we support living wage jobs in an era of increased technology and the fact that COVID is having us work more from home. And so we're even like a lot of folks are working from home. And so, uh, but then there's this disparity between people working from home and then the frontline workers, people who are working in grocery stores and other places and living wage jobs and housing. So I think I brought up pretty much all of the root causes of our society to deal with. And those are still yeah. strong at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I guess, I mean, just, you know, this interview speaking to you for me is just provoking the whole range of charitable issues that are out there. And they uh, I mean, just thinking about it, it's it's vast. I mean, it, it, yeah, like, Alex, that's the thing is, yeah. And a lot of times when I'll talk to folks in the beginning, yeah. they'll get so overwhelmed because they're yeah. like, what? There's so much. So, and that's what the big work is, is to, and then they stop, don't give it all. Cause they're like, there's so much, but that's the thing is, um, is if you, you say, okay, there's all these things going on, but then if you focus in on the things you care about, yeah. it's okay yeah. to be a yeah. little bit selfish right now in order to be mm-hmm. able to give back better. Yeah. And so you say, okay, there's all these things in the world, but what is it that I do every day? What yeah. is it that I think about every day? What are the news sources that I read every day? What mm. are the articles I end up hovering over? What yeah. are my kids care about? What do my spouse care about? What do my friends care about? What do I care about? And so there's there, you can do good in whatever issue it is that you end up working yeah. in and caring about. And I think yeah. that's, that's the key is that, yeah, mm. there's so many things, but focus in yeah. on what it is you care about. You can yeah. do good there. Yeah. <laughs> and your business can too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, for me, I, I think I'll probably need to, to speak to you because all sorts of things are going on in my mind. I mean, I care Yay. more Great. about, you know, uh, you know, disadvantaged people in Africa, like poverty and all those kind of things, but not so much just giving, but how you can actually empower those exactly. people to actually, you know, break through into whatever success. Yes, Alex, you said it way better than I did. Thank you for saying that because giving yeah. is about empowering yeah. people who, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing though, is you have, it's really, you can do it badly where you're yeah. giving and you're just trans, you're just using your own power in yeah. rather than transitioning your power into the community. Yeah. How do you do that the right way? Mm. And how do you do it? And that's what I spend a lot of time with my clients. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do with my do your good piece. Yeah. With my courses is to sort of democratize all this yeah. and make it so that people can access it in a way that's really effective. Yeah, no, that, that's brilliant. And in terms of your reach, it's it's a global reach. I take it. Yeah. So you're working globally. Yeah. I mean, I, I work, I'm, I'm rooted in the United States mm-hmm. and the, and I actually live in the Pacific Northwest. But my message and my word in terms of what I'm talking about with do your good is some of the things I focus in on have more to do with the laws in the U.S., but everything else that I talk about, it has global applicability. So that's really key. No, that, that that's amazing. I mean, for me, it's opened up my eyes in a lot of things. Yay, and I'm sure, great. 
a lot of our listeners will actually relate and res- resonate with your message. Oh, I hope so. Uh, I hope people reach out. I'd love yeah, to talk. Absolutely. It's, it's, such a, it's such a good topic, especially these kind of times where, where there's a lot of, uh, you know, disparities around wealth and all this. And that gives opportunities for companies to actually pick an area where they can make a big difference and do good, you know, per your mm-hmm. brand. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been an absolute pleasure, you know, speaking to you, Sibyl, and you coming on our podcast. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, uh, you know, share those contact details as well on the uh, in the notes on the uh, on the episode and people can reach out to you. And uh, I, I would really love, you know, uh, over the period of, time you know to bring you back so you can tell us more how things are going oh i'd so enjoy that alex and yeah. let's talk yeah. offline too about all your yeah. ideas and, and where you yeah. want to be do good in the world because yeah. i see that you have this amazing experience as a business person yeah. uh, and i'm sure that you're thinking about it too <laughs> yes definitely i mean it, it's it's definitely you know focus my mind on certain things but just thinking about how I can actually go about it in an effective way. Good, it, yes. It, it is, you know, tends to be the piece why people don't take action because, mm-hmm. you know, how do you account for, you know, you've got a certain budget, but you want to it to be used in a certain way, but you don't have the power to actually track it. So who do you trust? And all those yeah. kind of things, some of those big questions are coming yeah. to play. Well, you know, but I remember I used to, when I was doing my chartered accounting training, I used to work for uh, one of these top four accountants, the firms, Deloitte, and they used to do audits for uh, Save the Children, one of the biggest uh, yeah. charities. So I used to go to Africa and do some audits there. And you can see sometimes how it becomes difficult for you know donors in a way to actually know and have that confidence that if they put a certain amount, it's going to go and arrive in the specific place that they want it to be and be used for their causes. And if if they can be helped to actually effectively understand, actually, that's how it's going and understand that they it is possible for them to direct their funding to a specific area, like to ring fence it to a specific purpose and be able to see like reports or whatever to actually support them. I think that can give a lot of companies confidence that, yeah, they can do good in the areas they are passionate about and their causes will actually go there as well. But that's where exactly. like, mm-hmm. you know, the services of people like yourself will be, will be, you know, so invaluable to actually help them. So it's yeah. been absolute pleasure. It's been an absolute amazing having you, Sybil, on the, on the podcast. So uh, thank, thank you, you so much. much for your time. <laughs> this has been really fun to meet you. Yeah. This is what I love about podcasting. It's yeah. just really fun to meet people all over the it world. I <laughs> love it. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Networking. And like I, I always say, you know, when you start these things, from a mindset point of view, you never know who you're going to meet, but I know it's great. Yeah. When you open yourself to, uh, you know, this kind of growth and opportunities, it's actually an absolute amazing feeling. So thank you very much again. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up very soon. Is there any last message or last word you would want to say to our listeners about thinking about doing good and uh, giving? Oh God, you did such a great job interviewing me. I feel like I've covered so many things. Thank you for that. But I guess the the main takeaway I want to leave for folks is, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are a lot of issues in the world that you worry about and that your business 
is focused on. And it also is possible to hone in and focus on really good giving strategies that'll make a difference. And, and I know, I know that if you're a business person, you're used to being entrepreneurial and getting things done. And so you should apply that knowledge and that, that exact same spirit to your giving strategy, which I'm, I'm guessing you probably are already doing, but it's always possible to keep learning and trying more. It is a, it is a different world being in the nonprofit world. Um, but I think you can really do it right. So keep going, keep going and give yeah. back. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a great place to end. Thank you very much, Sibyl. And thank you, Alex. enjoy the rest of your day and we'll catch up very soon. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>